This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, today we have a very important and timely episode about what's going on in Peru. What started as a very promising year for production in Peru has turned into really an unprecedented and really unpredictable reversal of forecasts. Really what we're looking at now, and you probably heard about the dramatic changes in the expected volumes coming from Peru But I thought it would be helpful for our audience here and certainly to uh, bring a guest on to help contextualize what's happening for all of you who are listening to our crop reports every week, but not necessarily understanding the why. So joining me today is someone you've heard from before on the Business of Blueberries podcast, uh, both featured in episodes and in our weekly crop report. Luis Vegas leads the Pro Arandanos, the Peruvian Blueberry Growers and Exporters Association. And I thought I'd bring him on because we have him on each week and he gives a brief and succinct and does a great job with those weekly crop reports. But uh, Luis is with us today to kind of unpack what's happening there. So Luis, thank you for joining me on another episode of the Business of Blueberries. Hi, Casey. Hi, everybody listening to this podcast. First of all, I want to thank you, Casey, for inviting me to be part of this podcast. I think it's a really interesting tool for all of us that are part of the blueberry industry. I want to want to know more what's, what's going on, what are the latest tendencies, latest trends, forecasts from different regions. For me personally, it's, it's really important to have this, this tool. And actually, I tried to hear as many podcasts you have been recording. So now I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be part of, of this episode. As you perfectly stated, Casey, this is an unprecedented, unpredictable season for Peru. What started back in January as a promising season regarding, you know, we're expecting to grow in, in volume. Well, uh, given the, the actual situation, specifically with the weather here in Peru, we are seeing a dramatic drop in the volumes that are being shipped globally. So today, I, I hope I can share some of the things are, that are going here in, in Peru. Yeah, well, I, and again, the credit to, to your willingness to, to be a part of the team that puts together the crop report every week. I, I like to think that the episodes we do are, are interesting each time, uh, and I think they are, but I know that a lot of people tune into the business of blueberries for those crop reports. So again, credit to you and, and all of our uh, regional reporters who come on to the podcast every week. And, you know, not that long ago, we were all looking at a forecast for Peru that was, uh, I'll let you unpack that, but what were the expectations going into this year from your perspective for Peru? That's a good starting point. So, so just to give some, some perspective, 50% of all our shipments have been sent to the U.S., right? So the U.S. is our main market, right? So it's U.S., roughly half percent of all our shipments, followed by Europe with 30% of our shipments. Then comes China with approximately 15% of our shipments. And, and the reminder, 5% to other destinations across the world 
totaling more than 30 countries where we uh, ship directly fresh blueberries from Peru. Last, uh, last season, season 20, uh, 22, 2023, 20, we shipped uh, globally 630 million pounds worldwide. That was our number by the end of the season. To the US, uh, Peru shipped a little more than 340 million pounds last season. At the beginning of, of the year, our expectations was that the volume was continue to grow. It was going to grow at a lower pace that it has been growing over the past you know, decade. But we were still expecting to grow this year. Uh, into the U.S., we were expecting, I would say, around 370 million pounds, right, from 340. That was at the beginning of the year before all this unprecedented, you know, weather uh, situation struck us and, and really has had a, a dramatic, you know, uh, impact in our production. Right. So that was uh, the starting point, you know, at, at, at the beginning of the year. Right. Well, and, and I know on our side, you know, looking at those crop reports and as many people know, the USHBC uh, as part of collecting assessments, we're budgeting against these types of forecasts and figures, both on the domestic side and on the on the import side. But quite the shift. I mean, you know, just looking at that change, you know, from 340 to 370, it was a number that, you know, we like the other states, everybody we put on the board for those expectations of the next season. And, and then... When did it start to look like there was something changing? What's happening? And when did you know it was going to be as significant as it's become in terms of a changing forecast? First of all, I think it's important to talk about, you know, like the regular weather in Peru. You know, like actually Peru has a, a really great weather to produce blueberries. The temperature doesn't go too low or too high. Uh, and actually, it's a, a really good weather to produce blueberries. And it's one of the main reasons why Peru has grown so much in less than a decade, right? Because we have a really, really good weather to produce blueberries. It's a weather that also allows us to test varieties pretty rapidly. You can put your, your, your blueberry plant in your farm, and in that same year, you can be shipping fruit from that plant. What happened this year? You know, I would say... We started receiving these alerts, you know, at the beginning of fall, right? So in, in, in Peru, summertime, you know, starts in the end of December, January, February, March, and then we start entering into fall, which is April, you know, May. And when you start, you know, getting a colder weather, right? Because then comes winter, which is July, August, September. April came and the weather was still, you know, pretty warm. The temperature in the, in the ocean was like summer. So it was like an endless summer. And we have been living this endless summer since the beginning of the year, right? So I, I would say we started receiving these alerts, you know, during uh, May when you were saying, hey, what's going on with the cold weather? You know, it still feels like summer. Wow. So, okay. And then as you start to experience this warmer weather or this unprecedented warmer weather, what, what is it that's causing this warmer weather? What are, what are you ascribing this to? If it's never happened before, what's happening? Actually, I, I, I'm not the, the, the weatherman, right? But I have talked with some, some guys that are professionals in this, you know? So sorry if I, <laughs> if I cannot get too technical in, in the weather side of, of things, but I think this has happened before, right? But it's, it's a cycle that happens, you know, once every, you know, many years. So this is a consequence of El Niño phenomenon. 
El niño fenómeno sometimes can have a global impact, but also sometimes can have a more regional impact. And in this case, it's more of a regional impact of, of El Niño, which is causing to have a warmer temperature in the ocean. It's causing that we are having warmer temperature in the atmosphere. The temperature in Peru, you know, throughout the year have been four to five degrees Celsius above the historical average. So you're talking about seven to nine degrees Fahrenheit above the average over the last, you know, decades, right? So, so basically, that's what's going on here in, in Peru. And also, something that, that we are seeing in the fields, right? It's this impact, this, this, this disruption in the weather is having a different impact depending on the variety. Well, that's what I was going to ask, because I, I think in, in the, you know, kind of outlook on Peru, we look at it as an entire country. But, you know, in the United States, you know, as we do crop reporting at the NABC, but for USHBC, what we do is we break it up by state. So it's like, yes, we calculate the total US production, but it's kind of after we've looked at the regional production by state. You know, everybody's weather pattern, especially in the US, is different. And so some of the production issues that some weather like they face in the Southeast, whether it's hurricane or otherwise, uh, you never face on the West Coast because we don't have those kinds of weather patterns. And I think we think of Peru as kind of like this just one state, but it really is a rather large country along the coastline that has different weather patterns within its region. So I guess there's two questions. You're pointing out that this is having an impact that's different by variety, but it's got to be true across the country. It's not impacting it equally. So maybe you can unpack that for our audience who may not know Peru as well as you do on how the weather is actually impacting uh, the growing regions differently like they do here in the States. So what we are seeing, Casey, and you were comparing it with the U.S., right? So, so geographically, right, in Peru, it's a, it's a much smaller country than, than the U.S. From the frontier with Ecuador to the north to the south of Peru, which is next to Chile, right? Peru, it's roughly around 3,000 kilometers. And blueberry production mainly concentrates in the northern part of the country, right? So Lima is in the center. In the northern part of the country, you have approximately 90% of blueberry production from Peru. And the remaining 10% is south of Lima, right? Mainly in Ica region, which concentrates approximately 10% of the production. We have not seen dramatic differences, you know, between these regions regarding the impact of this warmer weather. What we are seeing is a more dramatic difference depending on, on the variety that you have in place. And when we talk about the varieties, and this is a really interesting point, is that in our case, the variety that is being more affected by this warmer weather, it's a variety called Ventura. It's the, the variety that has a, the largest acreage here in Peru. So in Peru, there's approximately 6,000 hectares of Ventura. And this is the variety that is being more affected. And this affects directly, you know, Peru's volumes, right? So when you see this drop in volume, you know, the main cause of this drop in volume is the affectance of the warmer weather in Ventura. Well, more to cover here about Peru and about what these issues might mean for the future of blueberry production in our country. But 
first, it's time for the crop report. This is a very important time. And as we near the final stretch of the North American season, here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from TJ Hafner in Oregon, Jason Smith in British Columbia, and Mario Ramirez in Mexico. This was recorded on September 13th, 2023. This is TJ Hafner doing the crop report for Oregon. Harvest is winding down and it feels like fall has arrived. Mornings have been cooler and there are some subtle fall colors showing up on the blueberry leaves. <clears throat> Mornings have been in the upper 40s and low 50s. The Saturday is actually forecast to reach 90 degrees here in Salem, though, so we're getting a little bit more summer still. A fresh harvest pretty much wrapped up, but there are still some aurora and last call being harvested for fresh. Cleanup picks are ongoing and will continue through uh, at least the end of this week. Rumblings are that there's Peru's, there's going to be a lot of Peru starting to land here shortly, so I think that that's the time where our fresh market price has been strong here is probably coming quickly to an end. Um, but, yeah, that, that's the report from Oregon this week. Okay, uh, this is Jason Smith reporting for uh, British Columbia. We've been having some cooler weather. We, we did have a couple hot days, but right now it's a bit cooler. There was a few showers uh, yesterday and the day before, but not any significant amount of rainfall. Aurora continues to be harvested. There's still some Elliot coming in. I don't really think there's much last call up here. So just, yeah, volumes are decreasing, but some folks still have a ways to go until they're until they're done here. Not much for disease out there, uh, given the, the weather we've been experiencing, right, uh, for a long period of time. Yeah, pest pressure, like the SWD pressure has been manageable for the most part. So, yeah, with that, that's my uh, crop report for this week. Hello, everyone. Here, Mario, with the Mexican Blueberries Report for week 36 from September 2 to September 9th. During this week, Mexico exported a total volume of 147,000 pounds worldwide, and from this volume, 95% 90 goes to the United States with 140,000 pounds. There are no volume reported for, the, for organic blueberries, and the volume growth 100% respecting previous week. In frozen berries, Mexico exported 39,000 pounds. This means 26% higher than previous week and representing only 2% of the total importations for frozen blueberries uh, with destination to the United States. There are no affectations reported in weather and that's all in my report. Thank you very much. See you next week. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the USHBC website to find our Data and Insight Center. To see more data of what's happening in the industry, visit ushbc.org forward slash data to find that out. Okay, back to our conversation with Luis. Maybe you could talk through a little bit about the top varieties and then with the newer varieties or with other varieties, you know, what are you seeing in terms of impact overall, if any? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, a couple of points here. So, first of all, in, in Peru, as of now, we have around uh, 65 different varieties planted in Peru, right? So, it's not that easy, you know, to keep track of 
the impact on, on, on each one of those, right? That's one point, okay? However, uh, as I mentioned, Ventura is the main variety. So Ventura represents approximately 35% of the historical shipments from Peru, right? So, so that's one, one important insight. It, it's showing that it's really sensible to this, you know, warmer weather, you know, especially during the night, right? So when you go and see the Venturas in the field, you see that the plants are pretty big. They have a lot of leaves, but you don't see the flowers. You don't see the fruit. So you have Ventura. Then you have Biloxi, which is the second most important variety, Biloxi, right? So Biloxi, I would say it represents roughly 30% of the historical production. In the case of Biloxi, what we are seeing is it's, it's producing more fruit than Ventura, but it is coming with a delay, right? In Peru, you know, historically, our peak of the season, it's been happening, you know, between the last week of September, first week of October. It's been moving around that time of the year. Right now, we are expecting for the peak to be, you know, in November. Those are our two main varieties, which represent roughly 65%, you know, of all our shipments. So what are you hearing in the newer varieties? What's the impact of, I mean, what, I don't know what number three or number four is, but um, is there any optimism against the newer varieties? Totally. To- yes. Okay, what, let's talk about that. What are you seeing in the in the new stuff that might be helping the old stuff? No, that, that that's a good point, Casey. So a couple of, of points here as well, right? So, so okay, we talked about Ventura, we talked about Biloxi, which are the most impacted. Still, you know, there there are farms producing Ventura, but you know, with not the same productivity as other seasons. And I have seen this also personally with my own eyes. I I, I did a trip ten days ago. I traveled a, a more than almost 500 miles visiting different farms. And I was really impressed by some of the blueberries that I saw on the fields, right? So first of all, I visited fields with a lot of Ventura, uh, Ventura plants and Biloxis. And, and yeah, like you could see very little fruit in Ventura. Uh, Biloxi, uh, you see more fruit, but it's coming with a delay. You know, you, you see that they, they are still not getting that color that you need, you know, to start harvesting. I saw some newer varieties that I was really impressed with. It was a trip that I've seen like the less amount of fruit over the, the last trips I've done during the same time of the year, you know, last year or two years ago. But also it has been the trip where I could say maybe I've tried one of the best blueberries in my life. <laughs> you had the best flavor, had the best experience. Yes. And the best experience. Well, that's interesting. Right. And it was from newer varieties. I really was impressed with some of the varieties. Like they had, a, a you know, like extra jumbo, super jumbo, you know, like really good size. They looked really good. You looked them in the plant and you, you just wanted to, to eat them. And, and they had crunch and they, they tested great, right? So I think, you know, for me, it was like, okay, th- this is the future of blueberries, right? This is where the blueberry industry is going with these newer varieties that are, are like really outstanding. And what about the yield that the farmers are saying they're getting off of that? I guess where I'm going with the question about the variety is about how has El Nino affected these newer varieties versus uh, what you're saying has been causing fits for Ventura and Biloxi. So once you get past those first two, does the future of that new variety seem to uh, be able to withstand or sustain production? And maybe it's still too early in some of what you were looking at, but you know this is a really unprecedented year for all the varieties. But are the newer varieties looking like they're performing against these current climate circumstances? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I think it's 
pretty early to know, you know, like some of these varieties is like their first season, you know, in, in full production and they got this, you know, unusual weather. So the first question is what can happen with these varieties under, you know, normal weather, as you would, you would say, right? Well, maybe the simple question here is, is are there varieties that you're seeing that have any chance to help make up for what you're losing in Ventura and Biloxi? <laughs> not this year. <laughs> not this year. Yes, for sure. Not this year. <laughs> yeah. Not this year. Yeah, no. Uh, I think it's going to speed up the, the variety replacement here in Peru, right? So in Peru, before this year, we already started seeing this switch in varieties, you know, and we have talked about this before, but I think this year it's going to it's gonna accelerate that, that switch in varieties. And again, I, I don't want to sound boring, but these this newer varieties are like pretty amazing. I don't think anybody's going to think that's boring. I think we're counting on, you know, blueberries and quality. And, you know, I think the future that we all talk about is that, you know, that's a big piece of what's going to drive consumption for those people who aren't eating them today or people who have walked away from eating blueberries for whatever their reason is that there's, there's a innovation afoot. And, and what I, and I guess that was what I was going to say is how much of what's happening is going to push innovation in Peru. That's going to cause farms to rethink how long they want, if they want to keep Ventura in the ground when they know that there are these other varieties that could be, you know, quickly replacing them for both economic assurances, but more importantly, being able to compete for a consumer audience that is looking for these newer, newer flavor profiles. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, how you see that pattern of, of transition taking place. Is this speeding up innovation in Peru? Yes, like for sure, I think this year, you know, what has happened this year is going to speed up the innovation regarding varieties. It's going to speed up decision making of the companies, you know, that are in the blueberry industry and they're thinking about switching varieties. So every company have, have to make their own, you know, decisions. But industry wise, I think this is going to speed up the replacement of older varieties for sure. And I also, I, I imagine, you know, like this, this, this year, it's going to, provide, you know, all these companies behind the, the genetics and the newer varieties, a lot of useful information thinking about the future, right? If we're going to develop a variety, it needs to be resilient, right? So, so yeah, I think 2023 is going to be a year that's going to provide us a lot of information, really valuable information to prepare the blueberry industry moving forward. Well, with this kind of uh, circumstance unfolding, I know, you know, it's almost Disaster-ish. I mean, you know, I think in the United States where we have disaster relief programs, when a hurricane comes through or some sort of, you know, crop disaster takes place, there's crop insurance, there's federal programs that uh, come in to address some of these circumstances. Do you see that happening in Peru? I mean, is, it, is the country looking at the blueberry sector going, you know, we've got people who are counting on, you know, this kind of volume, this kind of work, the labor force, like talk to us a little bit about the human aspect of what's unfolding there in Peru as it relates to the industry. No, yeah, for, for sure, this is going to have an impact, right? Like in Peru, if we're going to talk, for example, about labor, right? Last season, we, we estimated that the blueberry industry created almost 150,000 direct jobs. And actually, these were jobs that were mainly taken by, by women, 
So women, they represent around 60% of the workforce in blueberries here in Peru, which is pretty pretty amazing. And this year, given the drop in, in production, right, it, it's going to affect directly, you know, the amount of, of job positions that are, are going to open for people to work. So we hope, again, Casey, like we, we expect until the end of October, 40% less volume. If you want to talk simple numbers, 40% less job positions that are going to be open. Regarding what you mentioned about any help from the government or assistance, we hope that that November, December, that drop is not going to be that significant, right? And and hopefully we'll have some production. Hopefully we're going to be able to create jobs. And this punch that we're getting from, from the weather is not going to be that dramatic. Most of the farms are in, in rural areas in Peru where there were basically no other job opportunities. And actually the blueberry industry has been really helpful in, in pulling a lot of people out of poverty in Peru with this production. So so we'll see what's going to happen next. But yeah, for sure, it's going to have an impact in the creation of, of jobs, you know, in, in different regions. Well, and I think too, uh, Peru created a, a gap that has elevated the expectation for retailers to have supply in place, but now that supply is not going to be there. So there's going to be this gap this season and it's going to drive pricing higher. So the companies could be seeing this as like, well, okay, there's a correction here. Pricing is going to go up because the supply is down, but you know, it's more complicated than that. I mean, what is the attitude generally, if you can uh, say, you know, between the frustrations and maybe the depression that it's not the volumes that they were hoping for against the fact that the pricing will be better on the other side? Yes, I would say there are mixed feelings among the companies. I, I talk on a daily basis, you know, with, with different companies and some are uh, really concerned, you know, other companies that rely more on, on varieties that are not being that, that affected by the weather are like, hey, like this is a good opportunity because the prices are, are getting significantly better, right? Because of the drop in volume and this might be, you know, a, a pretty nice season for us. So there are, there are mixed feelings. Well, and I, maybe it's, it's too early, right? I mean, I, I, I'm curious from your perspective, how you go from, you know, a pretty consistent growth pattern through Peru where you could just kind of count on growing and two you know how does something that you're going through being as unprecedented as it's been really change how you look at the next year so what do you do about going into next year what's what's the sense of people's feelings like the pruning circumstance like you'd have to you know you might be deciding to prune early just so that you can get back into a normal season instead of waiting for something to show up that's not going to show up i mean what, talk to about the decision making process that sets up for another the next season that's that's being discussed. No, okay, that that's that's a great question. And I think many companies don't have, you know, like have an answer for that, you know, for their company at this at this time of the year. Today some might say, hey, I'm gonna extend my season to ship more fruit, you know, this season. But that's gonna come with a consequence that next year I'm gonna have less production, right? So so there are companies right now making those kinds of decisions, you know, and it, it is gonna depend how the I would say how the weather is gonna come. As an industry, right, like me as, as manager of Prorandanos, right, you would say we're like the nucleus of the Peruvian industry, right, like trying to, to support all the, all the industry. Peru, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go back, you know, to, to having these this important volumes for sure. That's what I see over the next years, not just thinking about 2024, right, like thinking about, you know, five years onwards. We still need to, to promote. We still need to promote consumption, right? Like this year, yeah, there's going to be less blueberries. There's going to be, you know, Retailers looking for more blueberries. 
but we're gonna come back you know with with important volume i would say o- over the next years and i'm excited because i think this volume is gonna come with with a much more a uh, representation of newer varieties so expect to see you know really 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 great blueberries for the coming years we still need to to think about promoting more blueberry like uh, increasing promotion for sure it almost feels like it's more important now than ever, right? I mean, the, the natural reaction would be to, we don't have as much fruit, we don't need as much promotion. But the reality of this moment in time is there's a bit of a reprieve of, of understanding that the supply is not going to be in a place where it is historically been, but it's coming. Like, I think what you're saying is it's going to come again. And here's a window of opportunity to reset the table for making sure we have the demand in place when it comes like take advantage of this best we can under the circumstances to highlight how important demand building activities is going to be against the future that's going to come again yes no i i totally agree with your comment casey my line of thought is in 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 that same position right like this year yeah it's it's a it's an extraordinary year but moving forward it's really important to Keep promoting blueberries and in that sense casey i think it's really important the the step that you have taken as the ushpc to hire someone to to be in charge of the promotion right so i think that's a really really great step i know this this person has a lot of experience working for avocados and we also we, we all we all the time talk about hey when are we going to have that blueberry commercial in the super bowl right <laughs> when are we gonna well, when, when is that going to come right when are we going to have more you know more more banners you know in times square right we want to be like avocados right so i think that's a great step casey you have you're taking with ushpc i think that's uh, that's really important to increase that market penetration because with this red blueberry, with these newer varieties that we're seeing, I think once you try these really nice varieties, you're going to love blueberries and you're going to eat them, you know, more. But we need to raise more awareness. Well, we're on it. And I think you're right. You know, Kevin's going to come into this with uh, uh, and we're going to eventually get him on the show to introduce himself and, and, and let people get to know who he is. But it, it is certainly the case that there's something about what needs to be done next to prepare for that future that is these new varieties. It is this new consumer. Uh, there's 30% of people who are interested in blueberries, but they're sitting on the sideline. They haven't purchased in the last year. But there's also a huge opportunity, I think, with the with the audience that are these super users or these folks that we're trying to create as our, our super fans for blueberries who could be eating more than they eat today. And those are obviously kind of the low-hanging opportunities. And so when they start to realize that the fruit is coming in at, uh, at a higher quality and, and with better varieties, I think then the industry really needs to be thinking through you know, how to contextualize that. Like, how do we promote that? Uh, the blueberries are looking better, they're tasting better, and really taking advantage of the promotion opportunity that's around that. Um, but there's a there's a new future afoot in what you're talking about in what Peru's doing. Obviously, it's t- happening domestically as well. Everybody's really focused on this right now because you can see you can see what genetics can do. You can see what it does in the scan data at retail, and you know we've got a job to do to kind of you know keep reinvigorating waving that flag and having the industry work together to keep ahead of that supply. And that's where I think I'm just going to kind of land the plane here in our conversation of just, there's a lot of work to do together. I appreciate your time on the crop reports every week, you know, helping us think through, you know, some of the strategy uh, that we're discussing here and more importantly, just the work together that it's going to take to make sure that, you know, 
what does come forward in the future is even stronger and better than uh, the circumstances we've faced in the past. And I think that comes through conversations, good discussion, and be thinking about this also, like these things happen, mother nature happens, and we need to be prepared as an industry for those circumstances as well. So I think this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of unpack some of the circumstances there. I'm sure people are going to have more questions and we may have to bring you back on as things continue to unfold over there. But hoping for the best and really encouraged by, you know, your sense of what you're tasting in the field, even if it's not in the volume that you're used to. And that's a big deal, making sure that consumers are delighted every time that they have a, an experience with blueberries. So anything else you want to add before I let you go, Luis? No, Casey, just want to thank you for, for the opportunity. It's an honor to be part of, of this podcast. Also excited about uh, the trip that you guys are going to, uh, well, you're going to come here to, to Peru in a couple of weeks. That's going to be really, really exciting. I think it's going to be super valuable. Uh, and also see everybody in Savannah by the end of September. So yeah, thank you for the, for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you for your hospitality uh, in advance. And I'm looking forward to getting down there and seeing it for myself. I know our whole group is looking forward to the trip that you've helped us set up. So thank you for that. That's it for episode 149. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries.